0: This is the Roast and Reason podcast. Join your host, Andrew Boyer, as we explore the world of specialty coffee. So grab a cup of your favorite coffee, and let's dive in. Welcome to Roast and Reason. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast I have a really interesting podcast episode for you this week. As you can tell by looking at the length of this podcast, this is a little different and a little special. You should also be able to guess that this is probably another interview podcast, which it is. Frankly, I cannot talk for an hour at a time. So the podcasts that I tend to do just by myself are a little shorter than this. But when I have an opportunity to speak with somebody really interesting, with very interesting experiences in the coffee industry, I'm gonna do so and I'm gonna share it with you guys. And if that conversation lasts for an hour, great. And that's the case this week. So as a guest on the podcast this week, I have Jeff Borak. Jeff is the co-founder and CEO Of a company called Angel's Cup. If you've never heard of Angel's Cup, it is one of the many coffee delivery services out there nowadays where you can go online, order some coffee, and have it shipped to your door. But Angel's Cup does something a little different than the other coffee subscription services. They don't just send you a bag of coffee to your house, they have that option. You can do that. But Angel's Cup's core business is sending you unknown coffees. They have several different subscription models and you can select your preference between light roast and medium roast. But its core idea and its core model is that it sends you four different coffees that are marked only with a number. So you don't know the origin of that coffee You don't know the coffee roaster, where it comes from. All you know is that it's a coffee and it has a four digit number. You can then try that coffee and sample it and figure out if you like the coffee or not and also the tasting notes. So really different, interesting business model. I've been a subscriber for several months now and I I personally love this service. This really helps me explore and find new and great and interesting coffees. The other interesting thing that these guys do is they will send you kind of the classic coffees. So they'll send you Ethiopia coffees and Costa Rica and Guatemalan coffees, but they'll also send you some pretty oddball stuff from time to time. A natural processed coffee from Peru, uh, coffees from China. So coffees that you're probably gonna have a difficult time finding on your own. So I will let Jeff talk more about his company, Angel's Cup, and the services that they offer in the interview. The other thing that I found really, really interesting with this conversation is Jeff is really candid about the success that his company has had so far And some of the struggles that they've had and continue to have. So this is a really interesting conversation related to coffee and the coffee world. But I found it to be a fascinating conversation related to business and startups and funding of startups. And some of the struggles that a young small company has as it tries to scale and build itself. I really hope you enjoy this interview and conversation as much as I did uh, when I was talking with Jeff, so without further ado, I would like to welcome Jeff Borak, co-founder and CEO of Angels Cup, to the podcast. So first of all, Jeff, I mean, thank you so much for agreeing to be on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, I've I've been a customer of Angels Cup for a couple months now. Uh, my wife and I get a shipment every two months, and we really enjoyed experimenting with the different coffees. So
1: that's great to hear.
0: Yeah, it's an honor to me for for uh you to join me on the podcast and and it's really awesome.
1: Yeah, it's so great thank you. Time. Thank you so much.
0: So tell me a little bit about your background in the coffee world before you launched or co-founded Angel's Cup.
1: Uh my background in the coffee world is extremely limited. I was just a coffee drinker. <laughs> <laughs> my background is actually in finance. Um and I got the idea for Angel's Cup from um I was actually a member of a club called the Whiskey Explorers Club, which does something similar to what we do, but for whiskey. Okay. And I actually originally planned to do something either in the world of whiskey or wine, um, but I decided to do it with coffee instead um, because coffee is a little bit easier to ship. Uh, it's a little easier to source. We could repackage it ourselves. Um, wine has a problem of oxidizing, and whiskey um, just has a lot of issues with uh, liquor laws. Every state has its own rules, and so it's a it's a major headache and it's a major legal issue to sort out where you're allowed to ship and how. I think the guy who was running the Whiskey Explorers Club was actually doing it illegally for a long time. Are you serious? Yeah. I spoke to him on the phone and he said like that's like sort of his secret sauce was figuring out how to do this for the most part on the up and up. <laughs> <laughs> and when I started talking to lawyers about it, like they were quoting me ridiculous prices to figure this whole thing out. Um and some states you're just completely not allowed to ship to at all. Some states Um, Are completely in control of their own liquor distribution, and you're not allowed to ship liquor into the state. Um, So it's a bit of a a, a bit of a headache. Um, So we thought, and you you don't have those issues with coffee, right? Yeah, coffee is you know very easy to ship. It's easy to pack. It doesn't oxidize. Um, It's obviously not a liquid, so we just weigh the packets and we ship them out to people. Um, And it really gets. I think it's a great way for people who are interested in developing a sharper sense of taste to sort of work on that skill because it's something you're going to drink every day anyway. You can drink a lot of it without, you know, obviously having the side effect of getting too drunk. Um, And it's coffee is extremely complex. And I think uh, producers now are are producing um, lots of interesting coffees that have a lot of origin character, which is something we haven't seen in the past. Um, In the last 10 years, it's become more and more
0: prevalent. How do you pick which roasters to work with? How do you pick which coffees to send to your customers? I mean, there's there's hundreds or thousands of them now in the US. How do you pick which ones to go with?
1: Yeah, it's the fun part of the job. Um, we actually, we're completely open to working with any and all roasters. Uh, roasters just send us samples and we taste test them ourselves and we pick the ones we like and we ship them. Um, we have two subscription options. We have light and medium. And light, we're just looking for... Um, Maximum sweetness, maximum complexity, and a lot of origin character. For the medium roast, uh, we're kind of looking for those same things, but we put more of a cap on the amount of acidity that we could ship in the coffee. We find that people who don't like light roasts don't like them because they say they're sour. Um, And so we try and sort of filter that out, and that results in a coffee selection that's a little less complex, has a little bit less origin character, but they're going to taste... I think on average, more palatable to people who aren't really, um, gung ho on, on origin character and aren't looking for so many fruit flavors. You're going to get more of a dessert for uh, dessert flavor profile on those coffees.
0: Okay. So that's more for somebody who is either new to the specialty coffee world or really doesn't like that acidity or sourness or bite that lighter roasts have.
1: Yeah, yeah. When people are new, if they're buying a gift for their parents or grandparents, we usually suggest to start with medium first and not jump in. It's it's a little more shocking for people who aren't used to that or specifically interested in that. Um, We're actually, so I recently read a really great book It's called Cork Dork, and it's about um, a woman. She was a tech blogger, and she decided to quit her job for a full year and immerse herself in the world of sommeliers and becoming a sommelier herself. And there's a chapter in the book where she talks about the differences between, quote, unquote, good wine and bad wine. Um, and people in the wine industry, when she when she asked people, like, what makes wine good or what makes wine bad, they gave her very, very roundabout answers. Um, and it's because um, the conclusion she came to is that it's not because um, good wine necessarily tastes that great. It's not, not what you would say, like, this, this is something I enjoy um she found out that when people in the wine industry talk about good wine what they talk about is wine that has character and that it's, it's wines that tell them a story and tell them about where they're from or how they were produced um there's a lot of manufactured wine which objectively tastes good if you gave it to a panel of a thousand people it might be one of the top ranked or rated wines um but people who who have experience with wine will sort of be able to detect that it's a manufactured wine um it sort of it's sometimes the defects in a wine, not necessarily defects, but it's the, it's the peculiarities that make wine interesting to drink. Um, and so I found the same thing to be true with coffee. There's um, there's coffees out there that might not score that well if you gave them to a random group of a thousand coffee drinkers. But people who have more experience and have spent time um, learning about coffee and where it comes from and how it's produced might actually prefer um coffees that are less palatable because they tell a story about where the coffee's from or what it's been through to get to you. <clears throat> and so those are the coffees that we tend to ship in light roast. I think what we're going to do in the future right now, we only do light and medium. And we've had people ask for a dark and we've been extremely reluctant to do it because I personally don't like dark roasted coffees. Our mission our mission statement is, is not coffee specific. Our mission statement at Angel's Cup is to help people develop a sharper sense of taste. And with dark roasted coffees, we're shipping you a, four dark roasted coffees every month. I don't think it's going to help people develop a sharper sense of taste because they kind of taste too similar. And the more you roast a coffee, the more you're burning out the origin character. So there's not it's, it's just not possible for those coffees to speak to you and to tell you where they're from. Um, what I do think we're going to do is we're going to shift from a model where we're doing light and medium and potentially dark to a model where we're going to do um, beginner, intermediate, and advanced. And beginner is going to include one or two dark roasts in each flight. And the purpose of that is going to be to teach people um, the different roast profiles. So you're going to get maybe one or two darks, one or two mediums, and potentially a lighter roasted coffee, but one that's not too sour. Um, so it'll be a, a chance for people to get their feet wet and to learn about different roast profiles. Medium is going to shift. I mean, so intermediate is going to shift towards more towards a medium roast, which is going to be coffees that do have origin character and can tell you where they're from. Um, but still aren't going to be too sour or too, too much of a, a blast of acidity in your mouth. And then advanced is going to be a hundred percent light roast coffees. Um, just pure, purely looking for co- coffees that have complexity and origin character and, and natural sweetness in them, things that you would definitely want to drink black um, and really appreciate for, for, for what the coffees
0: are. That's That's a really, really interesting shift of, of how you're going to do things. And I think that's, you know i th- I think that's really going to allow people to sample all sorts of different flavors yes. right because we're, we're very excited a lot of the flavors that you get in a light roast are origin flavors, which are great and and somebody like you or, or or I may really go for that, but there's also a lot of flavors that happen just from the roasting process um mm-hmm. the same coffee roasted at a light medium and dark roast can be really really different flavor wise
1: yes. Yes, definitely. So we actually sent out a, a survey to our customers, and we asked them um, what sort of special boxes they'd like to see. We do a Gesher box every holiday season, and it's um, pretty popular. I think last year we sold in the range of 200 of them, and it's, it's a $60 box of coffee, so it's not cheap. Um, and so we wanted to do more special things throughout the year, and we sent out a survey, and the top, the top ranking one was people wanted to try one coffee roasted four different ways. And so we've actually – we haven't announced this yet, and we're, we're still just barely working on it. We've barely scratched the surface working on it. But um, we're going to do a roaster competition where we're going to have four different roasters roast the same coffee. And then people can vote on their favorites through the app. Um, so it, it's probably going to end up being one coffee roasted four different ways that are in the range of light to medium. You're probably still not going to get a dark roast in there. But we think that's going to be a lot of fun for people. And then you're yeah that sounds really like, cool. It's a blind tasting, so you, so we're gonna have like four roasters. You know, some of them might be more or less popular than than others, or more more well known. Um, but since it's a blind tasting, you're gonna actually get to pick the one that you like the best. And uh, for the roasters, uh, it could lend them some credibility. Um, in the worst case scenario, we'd give them some good feedback on how they could potentially improve. Um, you know, their technique or their process. And yeah. for for customers, I think it's gonna be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, that sounds really cool. I'll I'll definitely look forward to that.
1: So let's let's... in the range of sixty four roasters signed up to participate. So it's gonna. Are you serious? That's gonna take us more than two. If we just do a a four a four person bracket, a four roaster bracket, it's gonna take more than eighteen months to work through every roaster. (laughs) It's it's gonna be a long term project if it if it ends up uh, being something that works out for customers.
0: That sounds like a good problem to have though, that you have that much roaster buy in already and, and excitement around that.
1: Yes, yes. We're having where we're having trouble is finding um importers <laughs> that <They'll laughs> want a lot of logistical headaches. You know, we have to like divide up a seventy pound bag of coffee to four different roasters and send them all samples and stuff like that. It's gonna be logistically very difficult. But the roasters are exciting. They're 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 a key element to this. So that's I'm glad that
0: they're on board. Yeah, for sure. So let's take a couple minutes and kind of take a step back. Can you tell tell us about Angels Cup in general? So it, it you guys are a subscription kind of coffee delivery service, right? Mm-hmm. And there's obviously a lot of them out there nowadays, just like subscription food services. There's a lot of them out there. Yep. what makes you guys different um, than than some of the other ones?
1: Yeah, sure. So like I said, our mission statement is not actually a coffee-specific thing. Our mission statement is, that, is to help people develop a sharper sense of taste. And um, the key way that we do that, which is different from any other subscription service out there, is um, we do blind tastings. So when you get a tasting flight or when you get a black box in the mail, um, you get four different coffees to try, potentially side by side. And each one is labeled with only the roast date and a number on the bag. And that number correlates to a, or corresponds to a card that also comes in the box. Um, so if you want to flip that card over, you could see what the coffee is, who roasted it, um, some flavor notes. We also have an app that you could use to record tasting notes. Um, and you do that based on the number of the coffee. And so after you've recorded tasting notes in the app, you get to see um, the roaster's notes and you get to compare answers with the entire rest of the community who's, who's also recorded notes on that coffee. Um, so we're really focused on the blind tasting aspect, which is something nobody else does. Um, It's also pretty rare to find a subscription service that will even ship small sample sizes. Um, I I think the only one out there that still does it is Beanbox. Um, I know um, Mistobox used to do this, but they've moved away from that model. Um, Cremaco has... um, a sample but it's it's sort of like an introductory thing it's not an ongoing thing they want they try and push you towards buying whole bags we also have a whole bag option which is great because it ships straight from the roaster so if you're really concerned about roast dates or if you want to get a couple of shots at brewing uh one coffee a few different ways um we call that all stars and the way we select our all-stars coffees is very unique we literally just base the decision Um, We leave it up to our community. Um, We look at the the notes that people have recorded via the app, and we we tally up the scores. And the highest-ranking coffee is the one we ship that week. We ship a new coffee every single week. So there's 52 coffees to try every year. Um, You're always going to get something that the community voted on that they really loved. So I think it's probably the best way to buy, um, to get a ton of variety uh, on a consistent basis. Um, But the cupping flight is also really interesting. It's a very small sample size. It's only 32 grams. And we ship four new coffees every single week. That's 208 different coffees a year. There's absolutely no subscription service out there that's even coming close to matching um, that variety. Um, and you just get to try a huge, huge amount of coffee. I don't think there's any other way unless you work in the industry to try that many coffees um, in on such an affordable basis. It's $10 for a cup flight, and that's four different coffees. And that includes shipping. Um, so if you want to try a ton of coffee in a short amount of time, it's without a doubt the best way to do it.
0: So you guys have the the All Stars, which is the whole bag, mm-hmm. the cupping flight, which is kind of very small sample sizes, just you know enough to do one or two cuppings, mm-hmm. try it out, taste it. Yeah, home, I mean it's,
1: it's called a bunch of coffee coffees because it's specifically designed to do a cupping with. It's thirty-two grams, which is enough to fill up um, two cupping bowls and have a few beans left over to just you know flush your grinder out.
0: Yeah. And then there's the the black box, right? So, let, talk to people a little bit about that option. The black box is um, is probably
1: our most popular option. Um, it's the same exact thing as a cup and flight, but the sample sizes are bigger. So, um, in a box, each sample size is 78 grams, which is enough to for you know two or three cups of coffee, um, or maybe, maybe more, maybe four cups of coffee. Um, the total box weighs 11 ounces, which is the same as roughly a bag of coffee you buy at the supermarket. So that's uh, that's usually enough to get a person through a week.
0: Yep. And that's, that's the option that, that um, I've been getting for yes. a couple months now. And I like it because I can just, you know, that could be my coffee for the day, run that it through a Chemex cool. and just make it. And yep. That is the most popular things. option. And the box also looks kind of nice. So it makes a great It company. does. It looks pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> so t- tell me a little bit about the team and the company behind Angel's Cup. Like when, when were you guys, when did you guys found the company? Who's part of the team? Is it a, is a, company made up of your family and friends, or have you brought on some some external people as, a, as you've grown? Uh, yeah, it's a pretty small operation.
1: I mean, it's just, so we, we launched in 2014. And the core team is just myself and my fiance, Abby. I say fiance, but we're really effectively married. We have a four-year-old son. We've been together for a long time. Um, we just officially haven't gotten married yet. Um, so yeah, it's pretty much a family operation. And then outside of the two of us, we have Um, people who help us pack coffee, we, we, um, we generally, we generally receive our coffee on either Saturday or Monday and we pack it all up overnight to get it back in the mail on Tuesday. Um, so we usually have, um, some college kids come in to help us with that. That's only one or two days a week. And then we also have a team of developers who are contractors. Um, they're based in South Africa. It's a, it's a design and development firm that we, that we hired. They've, we've been working with them since the beginning, but they're actually working on a big project right now, and they don't really have um, as much time as they used to have to focus on Angels Cup. So we're we're sort of in the process of looking for a new developer to take over the project. I haven't put too much work into that right now because we're we're um, we have a lot of ideas for, for for things we'd like to improve about the service and about the app, uh, but we're also kind of trying to save a little bit of money right now. Um, but I think, um, towards the second half of this year, we'll, um, we'll, we'll be putting more of a focus on finding a new developer to take over the project.
0: And, and what specifically is the project is, is it the mobile, mobile app development or the website development? What, what specific project are you looking oh, for? God. We have,
1: we have a, we have a roadmap of ideas of things we'd like to build and improve and add that's, that would literally take three years to work through. <laughs> if, we, <laughs> we had, if we had our team of four working on it based in South Africa, um, and so I think we're looking to replace that team of four with a team of maybe one or two. Uh, but we it's, it's, we're in a tight financial situation, t- uh, tough financial spot, and I feel like we can't actually hire two people or even one person full time. So it's going to have to be a part time thing. Um, so it's going to take a long time to work through. But yeah, it's it's a lot of um, new features for the app for the subscription service. The app I think I needs mean, I don't actually use the app myself because every time I do, I get so frustrated with. With the, the features that are missing, for one thing, um, if you if you see somebody else's tasting notes, you can't click on their name and, and see other notes that they've recorded, which is something that I want. I want you to be able to find and follow friends and make friends within the community and sort okay. of develop a following of people who you more or less trust their tasting notes on. I think that's really important, and um, that's something that we'd like to build in the future. Um, we don't do a great job of linking people up to the coffees that they that they like and that they'd like to buy a full bag of. A lot of people use Angel's cup to find new coffees because one thing that's unique about specialty coffee is that coffees go in and out of stock very quickly. and so if you find something you like, you might only be able to drink it for a few weeks or at most a few months and they have to find something new. So Angel's cup is a great way to find new coffees. We do a terrible job of linking people up to coffees that they've tried and that they've liked and we um we'd like to build um, a feature that allows people to maintain sort of a wish list of coffees that they'd like to try. um, That they'd like to buy full bags of, and then potentially get notifications from roasters when they're low in stock, or maybe get special offers and coupons. If the roaster is trying to push through the last of their inventory, I think there's a lot of opportunity there to help people to, to actually make angels cup a better way to buy full bags of coffee. Okay. I think, um, the service, like I said, we want to we want to switch from light and medium to do a beginner intermediate advanced. Uh, we also have a lot of ideas for ways to improve um, the subscription service offerings. We don't do a really great job of gifts. Um, we have we have the option to send a gift, and you could include a note card. We'd like to break that out completely on our website and have more interesting um, gift options. We have absolutely no merchandise or swag available on our site, which is it's like a weird oversight. Like we don't even have stickers. <laughs> and uh, you know like, it's not that hard to do, but like, we just, I don't have a place to put that on my site. If I wanted to sell buttons and mugs and pins and things like that, we just don't have a way to do that. Um, so yeah. there's, a of, there's a lot of like low hanging fruit for ways that we could engage our audience better and potentially make a few extra bucks in the process and allow that would allow us to reinvest more into into software development. Um, the coffees page of our website where you can see the coffees we've shipped recently is in complete disarray. It's managed through a WordPress blog. And we have a bug that's preventing us from uploading pictures, and we've had this bug for six months, and we just don't have the time oh, no. to fix it. And it looks like crud; it's the worst. So we'd like to—I would like to completely automate the process of adding new coffees to that section. Um, and it's tricky to do because, like I said, coffees go out of stock very quickly, and so at the moment we have absolutely no way of of indicating when we're letting people know or taking coffees off our site when they're out of stock. So if you look through that that section of our website, it stinks because you could find something you like and find something you want to buy, and you click through the roaster site and it's gone, it's missing. So we need to find a way to automate the process of adding co- of adding new coffees to that section of the site and then taking old coffees down when they're out of site out of stock. So that 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 alone is a big project, which I think I think could take a year to work through. And unfortunately, last year around. Um, December of 2016, we hired a developer who I thought would be a really great fit, and things didn't really work out so well. He, um, he had a sickness in the family, and he wasn't able to devote as much time to the project as he hoped he would. Uh, and he sort of he rushed to get married really quick because um, he wanted to have his wedding before his father passed away. And um, so he was he was definitely the right person, but it was the wrong time. And uh, yeah,
0: we uh, and your project got put on the back burner, I'm assuming.
1: Yeah, we just sort of keep on getting put on the back burner. And um, it's tough, for, like he was willing to work for equity, which is a huge thing for us, because we just, we don't have the cash to pay a developer what they deserve to get paid. Um, yeah. And so it's hard to find somebody who's, he was, he's still a subscriber. Um, I mean, he loves coffee, he loves the industry, he, he loves what we're doing. And, you know, he's passionate about it, he had the right skill set, uh, but just wasn't the right time for him to get involved. And so Ideally we'd be able to find somebody just like that again but find someone who's a little bit more enthusiastic about or or more more able to make the time commitment needed to work for a startup and to to sort of, you know, jump in and and fully commit to the project. But
0: that's hard to find for sure. And and, and one of my questions for you was going to be kind of being a startup. So every company that is a startup or has been a startup at some point has issues, right? So there's, there's growing pains, there's trial by fire. And I think you kind of hit on, on some of those with some of the, the app development and getting the right people Mm -hmm. working with you. Are are there any other kind of specific issues from a, from a company side of things Uh, that you've had, had to deal with? Yeah, I I think marketing
1: um, has been a big challenge for us. Um, okay. We, um, like I said, my background is in finance. My fiance Abby, her background, she was a she's a fashion but she was a fashion buyer for Saks Fifth Avenue. Neither of us have any particularly notable design or marketing skills. And um, <laughs> it, was, it took like when I first launched the website, our our editing was terrible. I I had no idea how to like how to how to write intelligently for a website and to sort of. Um, motivate people to go through the checkout process. Um, so it's taken us a long time to improve. It's been a very slow and incremental process to improve the copywriting on our website. Uh, marketing is something that we actually don't do. We have our ad budget is literally $0. Through the holiday season, we sometimes spend about $2 a day on Reddit ads because we find Reddit, uh, the Reddit coffee community has been a strong source of customers for us. Um, But we spend no money on Facebook, no money on Instagram, no money on Twitter, no money on Google Search and Google Display ads. Um, We get contacted by people who want to run marketing budgets for us through various different platforms. And we just we say no to all of it. We spend zero dollars on marketing. And it's not for lack of trying. It's not because I don't believe in it. I think like we know what our customer lifetime value is. And if we could acquire customers for half that cost, I would do it. But it's just very, very difficult. I think the coffee space is very competitive. Like you said, there's a lot of coffee subscription services out there. and um, But we grow. I mean, we grew two weeks ago. We grew by 6.7%. week over. That was just one week's worth of growth. And we did that with no marketing. It's just 100% through word of mouth, and that's free. Wow. And so we've sort of become accustomed to just growing steadily through word of mouth. Um, we grow on average, I'd say, by about 10% a month, which is pretty good for spending no money. And when we do spend, yeah, money, seriously, when we do spend <laughs> companies it has no for that. It seems like when we spend money, like we're just we're marketing to people who I guess are already they've already heard about us, or or maybe it's just too expensive. Like I think hearing about it through word of mouth is so much more effective because what we're doing is kind of weird. If we were just selling coffee through the mail, we could say, "Hey, here's coffee through the mail. Here's how much it costs." And people say, "Okay, that's kind of what I was looking for." But like. We do blind tastings, which is yeah. and, you, and like if I say, hey, do you want to try a blind coffee tasting? Most people are like, no, I don't know what that is and I don't know why I'd want it. But if you hear, from a, hear about it from a friend who says, hey, I just signed up for Angel's Cup. I've been doing it for a month or two and it's awesome. I've tried all these coffees. I'm learning how different coffees taste and you should check it out. That's way more um, persuasive than me telling you how great it is. So we've come to just rely on word of mouth and we spend the money on marketing. And instead of spending the money on marketing, we're going to spend it on, on software development and actually making Angel's Cup better. So that's that's been our it's, it's taken us a while to figure out that that's what we should do. And to when you're really small and you're growing by word of mouth, 10% sounds like a high number. But when you're starting from a small base of 100 subscribers, that's 10 new subscribers a, a month. It doesn't add up. Um, now that we're over a thousand subscribers, adding a hundred new subscribers a month is significant. And it actually, um, it's meaningful to us. We've gotten through, like there was the first two years we were just like pulling our hair out wondering, like, are we, are we doing this wrong? What are we missing? Um, how can we, like, we need to grow this faster. We're not going to survive if we don't get our numbers up. And so we, we, we pulled our hair out trying to figure out what we're doing wrong. And eventually we just realized that like, it just it's part of our business. We're not so we're not going to be able to to pound on people's door and tell them how great we are. We need to wait and rely on people telling the story for us.
0: So, yeah, it's a good point. You'd almost need to. I mean, before you actually marketed, or as part of your marketing, you'd almost need to educate people as to what the heck the service actually is. Because it's yeah. not, hey, let me send you a bag of a different coffee roaster every every week. I mean, you have that option, mm-hmm. but your core is something totally different that you'd need to explain to somebody. And by word of mouth, you're kind of letting their friends do that for you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Marketing, marketing sort of relies on you fitting your message into 40 characters or like three seconds of attention span. And Angel's Cup is a little bit more cerebral than that. We just cannot package our mess. I I haven't found an effective way to package our message into that, you know, three second attention span, 40 character limit. It requires a conversation. A lot of people actually find out about us from baristas. They go to a coffee shop and baristas will tell their most interested customers about Angel's Cup. So they've been a tremendously valuable um, resource for us. Um, Reddit talks about us a lot, which has been invaluable. And otherwise, I think it's just
0: friends telling friends about what we're doing. So you guys are at at about 1,000 subscribers right now? Yeah, we passed 1,000 a few months ago, which is a big uh, milestone for us, yeah. You mentioned the app, um and and kind of you feeling like there were some issues with it right now and wanting to build out new features. Talk to me about how you guys came up with the original idea of the app. Because, you know, while while it might have some quirks to it now, it's it's kind of an ingenious idea. Like it's 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 you can Thank you. interact with the community. Um, you can see what different you know, both the roaster and the community mm-hmm. said were the flavor notes and the quality of coffee. And so that's, I mean, to me, I actually I actually use the app um, and it's kind of cool to see, well, I didn't taste that. I didn't taste, <laughs> you know, graham cracker in this coffee, but everybody else did. Uh, okay, I'll have to try, try harder next time. So tell me about how that idea came about and what made you guys go with the app.
1: Oh man, that's a hard question. I don't, I think it was just me scratching my own itch. I kind of, I wanted to have a community that was focused on tasting notes and focused on the experience of trying coffee. There's communities out there where people talk about things that are going on inside the coffee industry, like um, which roasters are maybe producing good coffee. They talk about like barista competitions and things like that. A community just didn't exist that was focused on tasting notes for specific coffees. And so the idea, I, it just came from my desire to scratch my own itch. I, I wanted to start the conversation about coffee flavors and profiles and I wanted to see what other people were tasting. I want to see if I was tasting the same thing and I wanted to see if there was a way to to sort of get people's way of describing coffee to converge because you see coffee flavor notes on bags and you, like some roasters, I think I think have the same tasting notes that, that I would have. A lot of roasters just put notes on the bags that don't make any sense to me. And so I I agree wanted, with you. I, yeah, I, but it's it's consistent. Like some, co- some roasters are consistently off and some roasters are consistently on point. And so I wanted to build a way to help the, the industry and the community converge on having a common way to describe flavors of, of, of coffee. And so I started off by just looking at the SCAA cupping sheet. A lot of our, a lot of our app is just based on following uh, the procedure that Q graders use to grade coffees. I took a few pieces of that out, which I thought weren't really necessary. And I added added a few things in, which I think were necessary. We created a quick tasting mode for people who just want to get in there and rate a coffee and leave some notes. I think we've done a good job of allowing people, like when I say I don't like the, the app, I think it's because I just see what the app could be. The app Yep. use. I mean, people are using it and they enjoy it. And there's a lot of people recording coffee tasting notes. I'm not going to say that like, the app has been unsuccessful. It's been a really... It's. I think it is it's, it's without a doubt the best way to record coffee tasting notes. And of course, it's the only way to compare tasting notes with other people in the coffee tasting community. And the fact that we're doing it through a subscription service means that in any given week, there's going to be at least like 20 to 50 people who are trying the same exact coffee as you at the same time and actually recording notes. I think for um, our subscription service, we have about somewhere in the range of two to 400 tasting flights going out for each coffee. So if only 10% of people actually use the app, that's like in the range of 20 to 40 people. So it's pretty good. I think that we've done a really great job of building an app that you could use to record tasting notes and compare answers. I think that we, we could do a much better job of making the app a way to communicate. Like there's no back and forth communication happening about the notes. I think people record notes and that's it. They just leave them there. I think there are some design changes we can make to actually drive a conversation. I want people to log back in. I want people to comment on each other's notes. I want them to log back in a week after recording the notes to see if other people tasted the same thing and to see if anybody commented on their notes. I think a lot of that's going to be about finding friends within the app and following them and seeing when they've recorded notes. And I think that when we have, like there's, there's no, we have this, we have this network of people and there's all these nodes and there's no connections between the nodes. Once we start connecting those nodes, we'll have an actual community where people are are chatting about coffees. When you can see, when you can log into the app and you see, oh, there's like there's like ten updates of people who you follow who have recorded notes. You'll see, hey, this person tried a coffee that I tried, or that I'm about to try tomorrow. And so you'll check out what they said and you'll comment on their notes. I think we just need to do a better job of connecting those nodes. That will actually turn it from an app for. That's like a note-taking app into a community-focused
0: coffee tasting experience. Uh, Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like, I mean, the app right now is a great option for, I taste these five flavor notes, and I really love this coffee. I'm going to write a note to myself. You know, this is something that I want to go buy. Mm -hmm. It sounds to me like your focus on kind of the next level or the app 2.0 is going to be really on creating community and almost creating a coffee social media, if you will.
1: Yeah, right now it's a note-taking app and we want it to be a effectively a social network for coffee tasters. Very cool. Thank you. What
0: what's been um we talked about some of the some of the struggles that you guys have had um with mostly with sounds like mostly with software stuff. What's what what would you say has been the greatest success or accomplishment that you guys have experienced so far? I think consistent growth. I think, so if you if you see what
1: Angel's Cup was when we first started to where it's come now, we've we've evolved tremendously. When we first launched, we had no black box. We had no all-stars. All we had was a cupping flight. I think it was 20, it was 28 grams per bag, which was a little too small for people. And we also didn't have relationships with roasters. We reached out to them and they were sort of like, eh, we're not gonna, like we were ordering five pounds of each coffee each week. Um, and there was no chance for, for repeat orders. So I think a lot of roasters weren't that excited about working with us. I think um, we've done a really great job of developing a relationship with roasters and now they're much more excited about working with us. Um, And so we get their coffee sooner when they're, when they're fresher and more in stock. And um, we've done a really great job of helping roasters grow their own businesses. I think there's a lot of brands out there that people didn't really know about before angels cup. And I think that we've helped spread the word about them a lot so I think we've done a good job of, of building the community. I think we're helping people find more coffees that they like and getting more excited about the coffees that they buy and making sure that they're getting good value out of the coffees they buy because if you buy a random coffee from a random roaster, it might sound good on the bag, but you might get it. It might not be that great. We're helping people try the coffees first so they can buy. So they, they know that when they're, if they're spending $20 on a bag of coffee, they're getting something that's amazing that they're going to love. Um, we've done a really great job of that. We've done a, a great job of incrementally improving Angel's Cup and listening to feedback from customers. We had a lot of feedback that the coffee sample sizes were too small; they wanted something bigger, so we added the black box. We had a lot of people comment that they were excited about Angel's Cup, but we we were we were failing on the freshness front. So we we introduced All Stars, which ship straight from the roasters. Yeah, th- those are two two of the biggest incremental improvements I think we've made in Angel's Cup.
0: Um, Have you guys since since that feedback of failing on the freshness front? Have you guys changed when you get the coffee from the roaster because I mean in, in my black box shipments I've actually been really impressed with I mean I'm getting stuff that was sent from the roaster to you guys and then you sent to me and I'm still getting it within days of the roast date.
1: Yeah, I mean we 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 bust our asses for freshness. So people people see the roast dates and they say, oh, it's six days off roast. I wanted three days off roast, and this isn't good enough. For me. It's <laughs> like, all right, come on. We, we get the coffees from the roasters. It takes about three days. They usually roast on Thursday. It, get delivered, it gets delivered to us on either Saturday or Monday. Um, we usually pack it up Monday or Tuesday. It's back in the mail, and it arrives to our customers two or three days later, depending on how far you are from Brooklyn. So, and sometimes we actually use Brooklyn roasters or local roasters who will roast the coffee and deliver it to us on Monday. So that, even, that improves the date a little bit further. There's not much we can do to improve roast dates further. I mean, we could overnight coffee to us from roasters, but that would increase the price dramatically. Um, sure. So I think we've hit the right spot. I think that a lot of people who are using the cupping flight or the black box are generally drinking their coffee within a few days of receiving it anyway. So... If you're getting a whole bag of coffee, you might want it roasted within two or three days because you're going to be working on that coffee for you know 10 days. And so your last cup of coffee is going to be 13 days off roast. And maybe at that point, you're going to be noticing a, a significant decline in the quality of the coffee. But for, for people who are getting the cupping flight, a lot of those people are, are industry professionals or people who are literally setting up a tasting flight of coffees and they're trying four coffees in one sitting. So if your coffee gets to you six days off roast, you're going to sample it seven days off roast, and that's perfect. That's right in the sweet spot where you want to be. Um, so there's there's not much more we can do other than packing our coffee and reshipping it within 24 hours to um, improve freshness. If you're that concerned about freshness, you absolutely want your coffee to arrive to you in three days. Then you're going to we recommend All Stars. All Stars ship straight from the roasters. We ship it. We ship every bag priority mail, which is expensive. It's seven dollars a bag for shipping. Uh, but that's included in the $20 price. So it gets to you in about two or three days and your coffee is going to be super fresh and super delicious. And we, you know, it was voted on by the community. So it's always going to be a, an amazing bag of coffee. That's why we introduced that. And I, I think um, All Stars has been a unique subscription option for us because it it grows very, very slowly. It is not the option that most people choose, but almost nobody unsubscribes. <laughs> I think the coffee is so, so exceptionally delicious. The churn rate on that is like, it's a fraction of what it is for the cupping flight or for the black box. It's like in the range of like 5%. And that's just like, that's not even people not liking the coffee. That's people moving or um, like they lost their job and they just, they're just they just like cutting expenses to the bone for a short while. It's not because they're dissatisfied with the subscription or with the coffee. Um, so there's just like a minimum baseline Churn rate that there's nothing we could do about. I think it's it's been um, so so even though it grows slowly, it's grown very very consistently. Uh, so we're excited about
0: it. Yeah, five. I mean, five percent is really low for like any subscription it's model of any absurd. What, out of curiosity, what's your churn rate for for the other subscription services? Our
1: churn rates are in the twenty percent range, um, which is also not like we ask for feedback from customers when they when they unsubscribe. And I'd say more than half of people who are unsubscribing are doing so for reasons that don't have like it's not because we failed them. It's not because they didn't like the coffees or they had a problem with the shipping. Um it's usually because like they're moving or there's some other lifestyle change or sometimes people just decide to to buy from a local roaster, which is cool.
0: Yeah, I mean even that even that turn rate's not too too bad.
1: Yeah, are we so we ask people to rate us on a scale of one to ten when they unsubscribe. And our average score from people specifically who are unsubscribing is a seven, which is pretty high. <laughs> it was yeah, like it the is. most Yeah, those are those are your unsubscribers. Yeah, that, who are <laughs> the most pissed at us, who who disliked Angels Couple of <laughs> and left. It was an average square of seven. So it's pretty good.
0: Yeah, that's that's not bad at all. So tell me about your your average customer. you, you mentioned that a lot of the people that get the cupping flight are Coffee professionals doing kind of a, a professional um, cupping. Are are most of your customers coffee professionals or Q graders, or or are a large number of your customers just casual coffee drinkers?
1: Um, I'd say most of our customers are just casual coffee drinkers. Um, we do have um, a lot of roasters who are subscribed, and they use the Cupping Flight of the Black Box as like an ongoing employee training kind of thing. They just Okay. Sit down with their team of baristas and roasters, and they sample coffees once a week or once a month or whatever it is. It sort of keeps them on point, and it gets it gives them a chance to see what other roasters in the industry are doing. Uh, but that's that's probably only like ten or twenty percent of our subscribers, maybe less. Um, we do notably have a couple of um, <laughs> a couple of subscribers who have won uh, the the uh, cup tasters championship, which is pretty cool. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, 2000, the 2015 and the 2016 winners were both Angels Cup subscribers. I'm not sure. I actually don't even know who won this year. I have to check that out. Hopefully it was an Angels Cup subscriber. i will have, have to look into that.
0: It's a pretty, it's a pretty good endorsement right there. Yeah. yeah
1: they're both emphatic <laughs> Angels Cup subscribers. So that's great. But yeah, most of it's just people who are trying out. We actually have, I think we have a pretty, a surprisingly broad demographic. We have a lot of people who like, They'll buy it for their for their parents or their grandparents as um, as a gift, and they'll end up staying subscribed. And it's like we're pretty we're pretty technologically advanced for like grandmas and grandpas to hop on. Like, there's an app, you know. Like, you can only buy it through a website. Um, yeah. And so I'm always like I'm always nervous when I see somebody saying, "Dear Grandma, hope you enjoy this coffee from Angel's Cup. Happy birthday." Um, because it seems like it wouldn't be in our target
0: demographic, but you know, we find people who love it. And that's always refreshing. Talk to me about that. Talk to me about the gift option that you have on the website. So if, if someone wants to buy, in this instance, a birthday present for their grandmother or graduation present or, or whatever, what options do they have? Is it is it a recurring thing? Do they select, hey, I want to give them one shipment or six months worth? Talk talk us through Sure. That. So the
1: gift options, um, it's the same three products that you could buy as a recurring subscription um, if you buy it as a gift instead, you get to choose to either ship three, six, or 12 months worth of coffee to somebody. It ships every month. And the only real difference is that the first shipment includes the option to also include a, a card that's handwritten by, by
0: Abby, um, to, uh, which is a nice little touch. And that's a cool option too. I mean, I, 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 I haven't gifted this to anyone yet, but I could definitely see, see myself doing that. Um, and I think it's just a... It's a nice gift that basically anybody's going to enjoy, right? Whether you're whether you're in the industry or whether you're just starting out, because you know it's it's one of those things where once once you drink enough coffee, you you know what you want. So like I know mm-hmm. what I want. So when someone buys me a gift of coffee, it's, sometimes it's like, well, yeah, you know, I don't. <laughs> I don't want another cup from Starbucks. Yeah, Thank that's you. That's um, so we actually have a problem. In, uh, in January, our
1: subscription service kind of shrinks a little bit. And it's because everyone who's really into coffee, their friends and family know they're into coffee. And so they end up getting like crappy coffee as a gift. <laughs> and so they need to pause their subscription for a month while they work through this crappy coffee that they really didn't want. I think it's Angel's Cup is a great gift option for people who are actually into coffee. Because they're going to get something that they enjoy, and that they they look forward to. Um, I wish that there was a way that we could let people know that this is the best gift for people who are really into coffee, because they're going to get something amazing. And I think that part of that. So, like, this is one of the things that we plan on, on switching about our website. We wanna we wanna increase we wanna improve the gift giving section of our website, and we have a few features there that we want to to sort of add or change. Right now, if you get If you receive Angel's Cup as a gift, you're sort of just locked into getting it um, on the monthly anniversary of whenever the person who bought it for you signed up for it. Um, We want to change that so that if you receive Angel's Cup as a gift, you as the recipient can actually sort of take control of the subscription. You could like acquire it and then you can make changes to it. If you change your address, if you want to change your frequency or your roast or whatever it is, you can make the changes. But you could also convert it into um, sort of Angel's Cup currency and just apply that credit towards your existing subscription, which would make it a great way for people who are already subscribed to it, to tell their friends and family, if you're going to buy me some coffee thing, buy me Angel's Cup. And whatever you choose to buy me is fine. It doesn't matter what it is. Just buy me something from Angel's Cup. And then they'll be able to get that subscription and convert it into whatever their existing subscription option is. Um, so they, they're getting effectively just, you know, we actually don't have a gift card option. We need to add that as well. But they could just convert it into whatever their existing subscription is. And this... Nice. Way, just a lot
0: more flexibility for the end user. Yeah, right the, the right gift now, recipient. if you're subscribed,
1: it doesn't really make sense for you to ask for it as a gift because then what are you going to get it like this awkward thing that like comes also when your subscription is coming, you're going to pause it or you're going to change it. It doesn't really fit in. Um, this will make it a great way for people who are already subscribed to ask for that as a gift and know that they're getting something that they actually want. It's effectively getting cash. So that's something that we, we hope to have ready in time for this holiday season. And we completely missed our deadlines because we were working on some internal tools to help us forecast demand, which is also really important. But hopefully, we'll have that ready in time for um, for holiday gift giving season, two thousand eighteen.
0: Nice. I think that'll be a, a great idea and a great add on for for your current subscribers and and future gift yes. recipients.
1: We really, I I, underst- I underestimated how important gift giving would be to um, Angels Cup when we launched this business. So it actually wasn't even an option at all um, when we first launched, and um, it turns out it's like. It's like thirty percent of our revenue is just gift giving. Oh wow. Yeah. It's a big chunk. And so we need to we need to, to focus on that and, and improve it in a number of ways.
0: Well, it sounds like you're you're headed in that direction yeah. for sure. So maybe this isn't a fair question, because I know that you I know that there's a lot of really great, amazing specialty coffee roasters out there, and I know that you guys sample a ton. Are are there any that, that are your personal favorites, or that you've been really loving recently, or you think are underrated or underappreciated? Oh man, that's
1: a tough question. I'm hesitant to name names because I don't want. To, I, I totally understand. I don't want to insult anybody <laughs> who who hasn't made the list. But if you if you look back through who our all stars subscribers are, or who our all shipments are, I think you'd find that there's some definite trends there. Um, Some roasters who have just like sort of been consistently making the list. I'm hesitant to pick out specific roasters, but I think one thing we've noticed is that um, roasters in general underestimate the popularity of coffees that have different processing techniques. Um, Naturally processed coffees are way more popular than I think um, most roasters would expect them to be. I
0: totally agree. Yeah, and with in particular,
1: you. naturally processed coffees that are not from Ethiopia—they're very hard to find. And almost every coffee we ship that's a naturally processed coffee that isn't from Ethiopia is going to make it into All Stars. Also, oh, other 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 weird um, processing techniques, like all sorts of honey processing techniques, really stand out to people. They they get really excited about them, and I think they're underrated by coffee roasters. And we we so we encourage roasters to always try and experiment and and, and try different processing techniques that aren't washed. We actually. We shipped a Myanmar coffee this uh, this coming week. We're shipping a Myanmar coffee that's naturally processed. It's freaking amazing. It's from Calde's Coffee. If you want to try it, you should buy that now um, because it's probably going to sell out very soon. Um, nice. I, would, I would definitely recommend that roasters sort of branch out from their typical origins. I think the most popular origins are probably... Um, Colombia, Costa Rica and Guatemala and Costa Rican and Guatemalan coffees usually actually don't like they're they're, they're okay coffees they are usually not that defective, but they really don't. It's very rare to see one making it to all stars. I think okay. Peru and Ecuador are two regions that are horrifically underrated. We um, we don't see that many coffees from Peru and Ecuador, but when we get them in, they score very well. We ship them all the time. There's a lot of countries in Africa, so so Ethiopia is obviously very popular and it deserves to be. Ethiopian coffees always score very very high for us. Kenyan coffees, I I feel like they're 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 highly regarded in the industry and they do get high scores, but I think that's so I think it's it's, it's fairly weighted, but I think other countries in Africa are starting to produce some amazing coffees. And I don't see those as frequently as I would expect to, given the scores. Um, They usually have a lot of really nice dried fruit character. Um, They might not be as intense as Kenyan coffees, uh, but they do very well. There are some regions in Asia um, that I think are very, very underrated. I think for the past 20 years, Indonesia has Produced um, a lot of coffees that are sort of not very good. They're they're earthy. They're like maybe a little nutty, but in reality, they come across as cardboardy. But there are specific spots in Indonesia that are producing good coffees right now. PNG produces a lot of really good coffees that have like that Indonesian undertone, but with a lot of fruity acidity and complexity on top of it. So I think PNGs tend to be underrated. And there's a lot of countries in Asia that are coming online now and producing really good coffees. We've had. A lot of good coffees this year from Thailand, from Myanmar, and we actually had one cup flight that went out. All Three out of the four coffees were from China, and they were amazing. Oh,
0: no, they, were, right. they were
1: really good. We didn't just ship it because it was a Chinese coffee. We'd never seen it before. We shipped them because they tasted amazing. There was a natural, there was a washed, and there was a honey processed coffee.
0: and They were all complex, interesting, and they, they had a unique story to tell, so we loved them. Interesting. That's what I love about. I mean, personally, that's what I love about coffees is is when they when they have that story. And I think I agree with you. That's that's where I think a lot of roasters tend to underestimate either the natural processed or the honey processed or coffees just with just some quirky, unique characteristic to them. Um, Like a a defect free washed coffee that tastes nice. That's great. But to me what kind of gets what gets me to stop and take notice are, are those unique qualities to some of these different coffees. Yeah, do you tend to be more of a Central America or an Africa type person or do you not really gravitate one way or another?
1: Oh man, I definitely, I personally, I definitely gravitate in terms of what I like. Like if I was just gonna, if Angel's Cup didn't exist and I wasn't running this business and I was just gonna buy a bag of coffee in the grocery store, I'd probably gravitate towards Ethiopian coffees. I love I love naturally processed coffees. I love washed coffees from Ethiopia. They have a ton of character. they're very distinct they're easy to recognize, and even the bad ones are still really good. Whereas if you pick up a bad bag of Colombian coffee, it's not going to taste that great. Good Colombian coffees are, are excellent um, but there's 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 a low range on those that I just don't don't really like. One thing I was going to say is that it's hard to criticize roasters for sticking to uh, traditional coffee origins because i don't I, I'm not a roaster. Um, and I'm not selling bags in a store where your customers are coming in, but maybe they're just picking something they think they know. They might be reluctant to pick up a bag of coffee that says it's from China because they're taking a risk. I mean, if they're spending $16 on a bag of coffee, they're going to be stuck with it for a week or two if they don't like it. I think Angel's Cup has sort of built a market for these weird coffees. Um, we're filtering out the bad ones that don't taste good, and we're shipping you the good ones that have that origin character and that um, are going to be – we ask ourselves when, when we ship a coffee – if somebody's going to try two hundred eight coffees this year, does this deserve to be on the list? And if the ants—if if it's an order if it's a good guat, does it deserve to be on the list? Probably not, because we ship a lot of good guats. You have to be an excellent guat to make it on the list. If it's a decent Thai coffee, it's going to make the list because that's unique. This might be the only Thai coffee that somebody tries in here. So we're building a market for these weird, funky coffees. Um, I don't want to name names roasters, but I'm going to name one that the coffee roaster is Paradise. They, they source and roast a tremendous number of weird coffees from unusual regions. And I got to give credit where credit is due. They just – they do an amazing job of that. And like if you just – if you go to their website and you look through the list of coffees that they have on offer, a lot of them are just crazy offbeat. They're the ones who shipped us the three Chinas. Oh, Okay. And I'd say probably a close runner-up is Brandywine. They have uh, they're also a roaster which has the crazy like if you go to their website at any given time they'll have you know fifteen plus different coffees in stock that they're shipping.
0: Yeah, I love Brandywine. I love their packaging. I just I recently did a podcast episode on Costa Rica Mm -hmm. coffees and was talking about the different honey processed. And I went on their website and of course they have a I think they had a red honey and a black honey at the same time. (laughs) It's just kind of unheard of. So what do you think, just from a general standpoint, I mean, you're immersed in the industry, where do you see all of this going in the the specialty coffee industry and world in the next five to 10 years?
1: Um, so I think that there's, we're, we're experiencing a little bit of a shift. And I think that shift is, it's away from espresso, espresso-based drinks, and it's towards um, home-brewed coffee just straight up black coffee brewed in a pour over something like an air press and so i think that maybe this is just where i wish it would go but i see the coffee industry headed headed in a direction um where we're, we're focusing more on on the uniqueness of each coffee and getting interesting flavors um and interesting flavor profiles from coffees but it could also just be because that's what i like to drink you know i was never Obviously, like a company like Starbucks has done a tremendous job of growing the market for coffee, but it's all espresso-based drinks. And I'm more of a black coffee kind of guy, and I don't think anybody goes to Starbucks to enjoy a cup of black coffee from from them, even
0: when it was like yeah, you 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 go, you go to have the espresso drinks yeah exactly yeah you like go you for said. and
1: I like like when I go to a coffee if I go to a nice coffee shop I'm gonna buy an espresso-based drink or just an espresso because. That's something that I cannot make at home. Well, you need to have a barista wake up early in the morning, and calibrate the machine and dial in their recipe because every single day the coffee that they're brewing is going to be changing a little bit based on how much carbon dioxide's in there. And unless you're crazy, you're not going to be you're not going to be pulling you know five or ten shots of espresso on your home machine before you get like the perfect espresso shot. So I think that that is something that's going to stay in coffee shops because. Espresso machines are expensive, and they're hard to use properly. And even if you know how to use them properly, it's still going to take a lot of work to dial in your recipe every
0: morning. Do you even try yeah. at home? Do you even have an espresso no, machine at home? Yeah, I don't either. I don't, either. I don't even go there. Yeah, but but <laughs> I could brew a badass cup of coffee at home, and
1: I could brew it on a piece of equipment that doesn't require electricity, and that costs maybe you know between two and twenty dollars. I can make an amazing cup of coffee. I can make a better cup of coffee than I think I can get in a coffee shop at home. And so that really allows me to focus on the coffee and not so much on the brewing. Once I have like my own brew method down and I know the way I like to make it, I can focus on the coffee and I can focus on the flavors and I can focus on the personal development of developing my own sharper sense of taste. But I think that's really, for me, that's where the excitement lies. I think that like, if you're focused on the equipment and the technology, that's one thing. But if you're focused like this, for me, this is about self-actualization. It's about becoming better at tasting coffee. And that's something that I think will, it's it's like a hobby that could last a lifetime. Um, So that's where where I think Angel's Coffee is trying to push it as best we can. Like we're still small and like I don't think a lot of people know about us, but we're definitely trying to push it in the direction of of making the coffee, coffee as a hobby about you becoming a better coffee taster.
0: I really like that. And I'd I'd love if the industry goes that direction too. I have nothing wrong with espresso and espresso-based drinks, but... Good coffee is like it's like good wine. I mean, that's the that's the closest comparison that I can make, or or good whiskey or a good other hard alcohol. It it's, I mean, when done well, different coffees just tell a story of of where they come from, of how they're processed, of who grew them. It, it's, and you lose most of that with espresso based drinks. Uh-huh. So I'd I'd be happy if the industry goes in that direction. Yeah, I guess too. I
1: guess if I could sum it up, I'd say I want I want coffee to go in the ind- in the direction of wine. Yeah, That's the direction I want to head in. I want it to be viewed more as wine.
0: I, I think we'd all be better for uh for it if if the industry goes in that direction. Where where do you see we talked a, a lot about where you want to take the app, some changes that you want to make to the website and to the services that you, you deliver. Long term, though, like five, ten years from now, where where do you want to take Angels Cup? No, that's a hard question. What do you want it to look I like? I don't
1: even know if we look that far ahead. I, I guess I kind of, I guess I just imagine it being a bigger version of what it is today.
0: Okay. Yeah, I think like fair I, enough. The I, more I, people- I think you guys would be successful, and I think your customers would be happy if that was if that was the case. I, th- I think, yeah, I mean, like, you I, know, largely,
1: I try, I try actually not to even think about ten years down the road because we have so many things that we can't. Like, I'm so financially constrained right now that it boil, like, it boils my blood. Like, I see, I see these like kind of silly companies like raising millions and millions of dollars for what I think are probably <laughs> like, like I subscribe to these like these like startup food things, and like I see like these companies raising. $20 million to grow crickets to make protein. And it's like, Jesus, come on. <laughs> Nobody wants to eat meat. Like, <laughs> like either, either you're A, a vegetarian, and you're not going to eat crickets, or B, you probably like meat, and crickets are not going to taste as good as a hamburger.
0: Yeah, crickets are not meat. That's not a substitute for and a good so steak. Like,
1: like I see a company like Angel's Cup, and we've, like I've tried in the past to raise money from investors, and it, it hasn't been in the cards for us. Um, I think... <laughs> I've I've sort of given up on that, and I'm I'm happy. Like we're at the point now where we don't need money. We uh, we're we're path break even, and like we're gonna stay. Like we're not gonna die. We're gonna stay alive. So I feel like I don't need investors, and I haven't been working on it. And like my friends who have raised money from investors start their own companies say, if you don't need investors, don't bother with them because they're a pain in the butt. So it's not in the future. They they control you and own your company. Yeah, they. So
0: I mean, by definition, are investing
1: <laughs> because they they want to earn a return on that money and usually invest like if, it, if it's a if it's just a wealthy dude and he believes in what you're doing and he gives you some money he might be okay waiting 20 years to see a return on his money but if it's like if it's someone who's mad who's like a true venture capitalist and he's, he's actually managing a pool of money for his own investors it's a limited partnership um, he's probably got you know 20 or 50 investors of his own and they they have like an expected timeline to earn a return and that timeline is in the three to five year range so like they want you to build something that you're going to be able to sell in three to five years. And this is – Angel's Cup is not going to be something that we're going to be selling for, you know,
0: $100 million in two or three years. It's ridiculous. Yeah, you guys you guys don't have a three to five-year exit no. strategy. At least that's what we it sounds not. like.
1: And that's, that's – you know, when we, when we spoke to investors, they're like, this is a lifestyle business. This isn't something that, you know, you're going to exit. I, I tried to argue with them on that point, but they were right. You know, we're not that kind of business. I feel like we're financially constrained. And so looking out into the future 10 years for me, it's just, it's its an exercise in futility because we have so much to do short and medium term that I can't do because of our financial constraints that I would love to do. That looking out 10 years is just painful.
0: Well, I mean, even with your financial constraints, I think you guys are doing a, an awesome job doing what you do. And, and that's, I think, delivering a really cool, unique service to coffee drinkers, wherever they're at in their coffee experience or coffee journey, whether they're beginning or, you know, really industry professionals wanting to continue to expand and define their palate. So keep doing what you guys are doing. Thank you. You're welcome. Do you have any other thoughts that you want to throw in before we wrap this up? Uh, I can't think of anything except I don't want to forget about our coupon code. Absolutely. So tell everybody
1: about yeah, that. Yeah, sure. So we have a, a coupon code for anyone who's listening who wants to give Angel's Cup a try. Uh, the coupon code is Roast and Reason 25 That's all one word, all lowercase. Um, it's good for 25% off um, your first delivery on your subscription. Um, you can cancel any time. So if you don't like it, um, you can only try it once and,
0: and be done with it. And that's good for three months. So the end of June. And and I really appreciate you guys doing that. That's that's yeah. awesome. So yeah, thank you. And before before we before we sign off here, um just tell everybody who's listening where they can find you. So either on social media or website. We haven't touched okay. on that yet. Direct direct people to your company.
1: So, wherever, wherever. so our, our website, which is the most important thing, is just angelscup.com. We're on Instagram at angelscup. We actually our Instagram is hilarious. <laughs> so I, we uh what we do is we post um, the blind tasting cards and we've been doing this for like two or three months now. We're like, we're dying for people. Like I said, we're trying to like create conversations around the coffees that we ship. So we post them and we say, share your notes below. And we get like no comments. We don't, we don't do any of that. Like weird Instagram. We're we're, either we're bad at Instagram or we just don't cheat. We don't, like I said, our marketing budget is zero. So we spend no money on Instagram. We're not trying to like find followers. We're not like, we don't have like bots running on stuff. So like, Maybe that's why, or maybe people just don't care, but we don't get any comments on those pictures. And I'd really love to hear the comments <laughs> say, hey, I tried this coffee and it does taste like blueberries. That's all I want to see. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to start yeah, commenting. Hey, you see a coffee that you tried and you liked it or you didn't like it or just say, hey, great job. Bruce. Like the worst might see that too. So you just say like, hey, great job this, or whatever. I don't know. We're on Facebook. We actually have a Facebook group. We have a Facebook page, which I recommend not even following because we don't do anything on there. But we have a Facebook group where people could communicate and chat. And every once in a while, somebody will share a tasting note there. We actually try and do that thing there too, where I share tasting notes. I I stopped doing it because not a lot of people were commenting, but like every once in a while. So if you use the app, you can. it produces like an infographic summary of your tasting notes, which has like a little radar chart and it has the origin and your notes. Um, So you could share that on Facebook. Facebook, Twitter, and I believe Instagram, although I'm not sure if it's set up that well, uh, because Instagram does squares and everything else does rectangles. But you can share that on the on the group page and you know, some people there will have tried the coffee and so you can talk about it there. And we're on Twitter at Angels Cup. Oh sorry, so the Facebook group is, is Facebook.com slash groups slash Angels Cup. And on Twitter, we're at Angels Cup. Um, we also don't really use Twitter for anything. If we see people sharing tasting notes on Twitter, we retweet them. Um, and if somebody reaches out and says hi, we, we usually say hi back, but we're not like, we're not posting like content that's been regurgitated. We're not like trying to harass people on, on, on Twitter either. So we're there if you want to chat, but if not, that's fine too.
0: Well, thank you, Jeff, so much. Uh, Again, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your thoughts with us and some of your business experiences too. It's been a a really interesting conversation. Thank you, Andrew. I
1: appreciate having a forum to ramble on about Angel's Cup.
0: All right, my friends. So before we wrap this relatively long episode up, I want to hit on a few things again. My real goal with this podcast is to have it be informal, to entertain you guys and to educate about coffee and the industry and and interesting things related to it. My goal isn't to monetize and to sell things to you, but occasionally something like this comes around where I have personally used a service, I love it, and I really want to recommend it to you guys. And that is certainly the case with Angel's Cup. Um, I don't subscribe to any other coffee subscription models. The coffee that I drink is either what I roast at home myself, or I typically pick bags of coffee up locally. And fortunately for me, I live in Oregon where there are a ton of really great specialty coffee roasters. But I do subscribe to Angel's Cup, and the reason why is it gives me the opportunity every two weeks to get a shipment of four different coffees most of them come from specialty coffee roasters that I have never heard of before because there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of really great specialty coffee roasters in the country right now and the thing with specialty coffee is it's a really local business model so most coffee roasters serve the local community And you're not going to hear of coffee roasters across the country. If you live on the West Coast like me, it's tough to hear about coffee roasters from the East Coast or from Michigan or Minnesota. This gives you that opportunity to bring them right to your door. I have ordered several bags of coffee that I've tried on Angel's Cup because I've liked them so much after I got the shipment. So I would really encourage you guys to take advantage of this 25% off promo code Roast and Reason 25. Go on to angelscup.com, check it out, check the website out, and order at least your first shipment. You get 25% off. Uh, It's a great opportunity to try this service out. I hope you guys really enjoyed this conversation and this episode, and I can't wait to bring you another interesting episode next week. Take care, everybody.